Hey folks, one of the Redneck Country Podcast. You are on with Real Redneck Todd Millard, and of course we've got the almost guy, Real Redneck Bill Tom. Bill, are you there? I'm here, and uh, it's a beautiful night for a podcast. It is a beautiful, is it? Is it? Because we just had <laughs> snow. Yeah, and, and I I'm relegated to the sunroom again. So, <laughs> yes. Are you in the cold? <laughs> uh, no, I've got my toque and my uh, flannel jacket and my blanket and my hot cup of tea, so uh, I should be I didn't okay say, for a little bit. Are you cold? I said, are you in the cold? But that's good yeah. to know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out here surviving. You know, podcasting like the real men here. Hey, I'm telling you, mugs of tea and knitting needles kept grandma's warm for eons. Why change what works? <laughs> right? And sitting beside me, as always, is the patriarch of Redneck Country, my father, Rear Redneck Domillard Dad. Is your mic hot? Sure is. Right here, as always. I think he's Excellent. figured out how to play with the levels. Did you hear how loud that came through? That, that was pretty loud, clear, and crisp. I didn't I didn't see. I had a box of almonds sitting there. How's this? Is that a little better? Uh, a little better would just be yeah, a little lower. <laughs> no, nope. it, it's how's that? Lower yet? Perfect. Right there. I think we got you dialed in for He's you. turning it on his his hearing Mike. aids Bluetooth adapter and he's turning it. It has nothing to do with the studio mic <laughs> levels on the mixer. <laughs> Never mind, he hasn't figured it out yet. This is my compiler. Right. I figured he was eating my my almonds as a distractor no, and sl- sneaking his hand in behind it and die and playing with the dials. No, I don't know what he does here, but if if I can't hear the one of you, I just up my compilot or down lower my compilot to it's comfortable. It's got a name. His compilot. It is. It's a compilot. <laughs> it looks go. like one of them things you push and I've fallen and I can't get up. <laughs> yeah. I call up my ears. <laughs> yes, those are the 1980 commercials that we all remember. That and the "Where's the Beef Lady?" I think were and the clapper. I can picture the hands now. I like like the orangutan hands. <laughs> Crap! I just turned my lights off. Oh jeez! <laughs> so tell me, gentlemen, how did you uh, fare out this last week in preparation for the upcoming events on the weekend here? Well, I've been super busy, Dad. You you could go. Are you prepped? Oh, prepped, yep. In between, well, we've been doing the, my wife and I have been coming over every day and doing the home and school with the girls, so we, we, hasn't been a lot of time. <laughs> we've been, well, I, I keep things moving in the background while she sits with Avery. Megan does her hey, own. It's good. There's but, a lot to that, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Millard Jr. there. There's a lot to that activity of homeschooling. I did that this week, too, so. Yeah. I sympathize with. Uh, I know there is because I got to keep running up and helping, but I'm, Dad's <laughs> nowhere is around when I do. I'm making sure there's lunches ready, stuff for lunches. I pack it in the morning, put it in the car before she comes over. Then I get stuff kind of done at home. I got my fishing gear ready. I've <laughs> got my turkey lady. gear ready, and <laughs> so I've been doing stuff. And then I come over. I do the walk and come over and. Make sure the lunches are there. But I, I got a complaint this week. Oh, just just you just did. one from my wife. Like oh. we've been having, like I get stuff out in the, from the freezer and get ready for the next day's supper. And we have we've been having roast pork and roast beef and pork breaded pork cutlets and and breaded pork chops and cottage roll all with mashed potatoes and stuff like that. And tonight, holy smokes! Well, the last night we went home and I said. 
well, you ready for supper? And she looked at me and she says, can I just have a hot dog and a can of beans? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Mom said that? That's what she said. I don't even know who she is anymore. So tonight we get home and I said, okay, are you ready for the roast pork and the mashed potatoes and cream <laughs> corn tonight? She says, nope, I'm going to put some crinkle cut French fries in the in the French fryer and I'm going to have three sausage, breakfast sausage links. Wow. She wouldn't eat the roast pork. I don't even pork know who and, she is. Next, she'll be hunting with us. Yeah. Next, she's getting, getting tired of all the fancy meals. You, <laughs> all the fancy. You did yourself, and, and you were told to back it off a little bit, eh? That's, yeah. Huh. Well, I mean, you can't have it all. And, I, and you know what? I saw what your, your kid was eating this weekend there, and that looked pretty darn good. Hey, did you see that? I'll tell you what, man. That was, I'm, I, I'm like, I'm becoming a connoisseur. So that, that worked out as planned. Dude. So first thing was, yes, I cut, I cut a roast up into like marshmallow, large marshmallow size cubes. I don't know, like, like, like one inch, one and a half inch cubes, put them in a bag with marinade, which my marinade is pretty simple. It's just, um, virgin olive oil or whatever the oil is. And then, um, a little bit of balsamic vinegar. And then just a little bit of some like spices, like, like some green, some herbs, but nothing too crazy. And then a little bit of Montreal steak spice, put it in a bag, put it in the fridge, leave it for days. And then I took it out a couple hours before we were ready to have the fire, got the fire rocking and rolling, got some nice coals on it. And then just started putting them on hot dog sticks and, and cooking them and eating them right there. And I'll tell you what, uh, I ate a roast and a half. I put two roasts <laughs> in that bag because you don't really, you just keep sticking them on the forks and just keep cooking them while you're hanging out and talking. And dad came over, had some, Avery was eating them. Yeah, but you Jeez. you got to train him a little better, Bill. He still doesn't got the lingo. Like, yeah, I noticed he just said herbs. You don't say the H, it's herbs. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, you, you gotta, it's, it's, a, yeah. it's a very special way. It's yeah. thumb and it's herbs. Them. Deal with it, folks. Yeah. <laughs> the oil, oil type stuff I put. I don't know what it was, but it was some oil stuff, and and then I, I go yeah. read it right yeah. now for you if you want. <laughs> I can <laughs> and I can tell you, but it, it, it's I, I'm pretty sure it said virgin olive oil. It's virgin vegetable. It said something. It's oil. You got it. It's in like yep. this fancy oil. looking bottle. It's kind of like the, a taste of Italy. So you you become a connoisseur. Did yeah, you, but, uh, but that was day one. Day two. Well, that was day one. I took another roast, and and so my family doesn't eat a lot of red meat aside from me, right? And now my youngest does. She loves it. My seven year old, but Megan, my thirteen year old, she I don't know. It's like yeah, I'll take like a piece of leaf of lettuce, thanks, and, and walks away, and like that's it. And so and then my wife, she's like. Uh, a little bit, but not a lot. So she'll just take a bit and, and that's that. So f to do a roast, it's like hours to cook it and everything else. And then you got to, the problem that I find is a roast. How do you get it? You got to inject it in order to get the marinade into it, to break it down and have it in there for days and everything else. So I've been taking my roast and, and I know it's not... I don't know what the, the term is, but proper, I'll just say, but to, to have a roast as a steak. But this, the, the last roast, I did three roasts and the last one. So the first two I cubed up and the last one I cut into really like inch and a half thick steaks. So if yeah. you looked at them, you would think they were inch and a half, half steaks. Now they were from a roast cut. So it's like, what, the rump? I don't know. Uh, butt of a deer. It was venison. So, and, and there's some, some fat to, um, tissue or whatever you want to say in their sinew or whatever the heck sinew, you call it. Gristle, it's right, whatever, it's, yeah. it's a roast, but 
I thought you got to cook it slow. That's all it is. And so you're going to, you're going to render the fat out of you it. Red, you right. Them. Right. That's it. Exactly. So you, you <laughs> yes, Bill, I was going to say that you took the words out of my mouth. So I, I apologize for stepping on your thunder. Yeah, there, it's, it's, it's okay. It's okay. We'll let it go. So I, I marinated these things like cut up for like five days in that same marinade, fancy oil stuff and all that jazz. And then I fired my barbecue up to 600 degrees and slapped these bad boys on there for 30 seconds aside and seared them up. And then I took them off and let the barbecue you cool down to 300 put them back on and slowly cooked them at 300 and then when i went in my wife was making her and my other daughter quesadillas and she had mushrooms out and i'm like where'd you get the mushrooms oh, you lost me so i threw my yeah right <laughs> i could have killed you oh, so you i threw, the, I threw the mushrooms in a pan with some of that oily stuff and and then sauteed them bad boys up and i'm like well well i'm doing this because they're cooking so slow I might as well make that buttercrap stuff that you and Nick were talking about. <laughs> so I whipped some of that bad boy stuff up with some some herbs and some spices and stuff and garlic. And then I, I made it into a ball and put it in the freezer. And I'll be darned by the time the steaks were done, the, it was frozen, brought them in. Oh, dude, was that freaking amazing. With Then you with the oily yourself. mushrooms on top, like I'll tell oh. you what, that was, I, I, it had to be one of the best ever. Oh, Oh, you, uh, go ahead, Bill. Did you did you get a taste of that, Don, or did he eat that all himself? I did uh, the night he had the cubes on the on the fire on the open fire. He sent me an invitation when it was pretty near gone, <laughs> and so <laughs> I got half a rose left. I'm not going to eat it. Do you want to come over here and cook these? My wife was already in bed. <laughs> Coals so are getting low. <laughs> I said I'm going to go over and take a taste, and she says, "Yeah, I might as well come." Now I don't. She didn't try it, but but yeah, I got a little bit before he polished it off. Oh, and, and then started yeah. cooking more. Uh, but, well, well, you know, he said Megan doesn't eat a lot of red meat. I just think it's Todd's red meat because I, after that weekend, she didn't eat any that I know of that night around the fire. I couldn't tell you. Grandma's got her brainwashed, I think, with the anyway, wild game. Monday morning, I brought over a, a, a container of venison stew. So grandma oh. was playing 20 questions. What do you guys want for lunch? Grandpa get you something for lunch. And Megan says, oh, grandpa's got venison stew. I want that venison stew. I love grandpa's venison stew. And she ate most of that stew. So then I said to her the next day, I said, hey, I've got some chicken a la king here. Would you like to try it? She said, I never had it. So she ate a whole bowl of that up. And then later on this week, I had to show her how to do it. So I said, fine. We sat at, we don't know in the kitchen and she mixed her up and she ate that right up. She did it herself. So now she knows how to do chicken a la king. So I don't even know what chicken a la king is. Oh, it's it's uh, chicken cut up in small pieces. It's cooked. And a can of mushroom soup, a can of peas, oh. stir it all together, pour it on to put it on toast. Oh man, that's good. You put it on toast. You put mushrooms on toast. You can't put mushrooms on anything and make me think it's good. I tell you right now. Well, being well, allergic, that's then, kind of a... Then what you need to do is you need to do cream of chicken soup. That's what I would substitute for that. Yep. That's for and sure. And if you don't like peas, put in a can of corn. There's all kinds of options when you're cooking. Oh, yeah. You know, and that's you it. On toast, yep. Yep. Megan, yeah. Megan's easy that, to cook for as far as I'm concerned. And that homeschooling thing is, is catching on. You know, I've got, uh, like I said, I took one day off this week. I'm going to take another day off next week and help out around here. And I don't know how you do it every day. Oh, it's but, tough, uh, Bill, but I, I, I figure it out. Yeah. Well, this grade two, this grade two math, it, it, you know, it's, 
<laughs> well, you, you know what? It's not that bad. I had to, I got home here uh, on yesterday. I guess it was yesterday. My days all blend together. I'm not even retired, and they blend together. So that's what happens when you get as many concussions as we've had. But uh, that homeschooling thing, I had three responsibilities: get on a call at nine forty, get on a call at eleven, and get on a call at one. Well, the nine forty call I got on at nine a.m. Because I, whatever, I didn't read. And Violet looks at the calendar and says, hey, Dad, that's 9.40 we're supposed to. So, okay, so off we go. And 9.40 <laughs> we get on on that call. And I'm doing dishes, listening to what's going on. She gets off the call and I'm cleaning up the, the upstairs and getting things ready. And, well, it's noon time, so now I'm going to make a grilled cheese sandwich for her because that's what she wants. And getting ready for the one o'clock call. And she says, Dad. I said, what? She says, we missed our 11 o'clock call. And I said. You uh, made your kid miss school? Yep. I absolutely did. And and, uh, I've come to the conclusion I was not meant to be a teacher at all. My patience level for this, the the homeschooling stuff is very, very limited compared to what my wife's is. And I had my son had to get him to get on a call because he missed, missed his call, too. I, I did great. I mean, 50% of the calls my kids were supposed to be on yesterday, we missed them. So. <laughs> my wife takes a pretty serious. Todd sits down yeah. here and works, and, but she takes a pretty serious. But I think Todd just waits for gym time and or when they're doing all the exercises and everything because then I think he, he takes a break and he, he watches my wife go through all that stuff because he's usually splitting his sides out when that's happening. <laughs> But uh, no, she she takes it pretty serious, and she puts Avery through her paces. Oh, I tell you what, homework. yeah, I come upstairs. We got we got word spelling hopscotch. We got words uh, taped to the in in paper bubbles written on paper, taped to the curtains. It, like it's it's a classroom up there. Oh yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, she uh, takes it well, pretty serious. Yeah, I think the kids are uh, are going to do okay under. My, when my wife is home, me, uh, I'm kind of hit and miss. So <laughs> we'll get through. I figure if we get, you know, two out of three ain't bad, right? <laughs> yes, yes, sir, meatloaf, sir. That's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Go to the school of meatloaf. You'll be all right. So, <laughs> hey, so oh. I also saw, I don't know if we talked about this much at all, but I did see some pictures of the progression of the kayak. Oh, I don't know how much okay. time you want to de- dedicate on the Crap call. Crap is this coming one, in like every day now because I've actually figured out that it's not, well, it's a trial and error thing. So some things are going back, <laughs> but I will say I've got the fish finder mount ready to rock. It's on order. It's coming in. Okay. Okay. Yes, on a what, side what? note, yeah. did you decide what fish finder you're getting in? Well, I already had one, so I'm going to stick with that oh, okay. one for a bit. Right. right. So what what boggles my mind is like the screens on these things now. So mine's not the newest, but the ones that they've got out are like insane. And I'm like, holy crap. And I happen to have some Cabela's gift cards. And so I'm like, hmm, there's a couple on sale. But I thought, you know what? I'm going to try this season with the one I got, which will still do down imaging. And it does. It's got GPS and it'll do the water temp. And so and it does. Uh, I think it's got sonar. So I'm, yeah. I should be good that way. Right. Like it's, it's well, going to do what I need it to do. But it's only a four inch. Well, screen. How much four inch screen? Four inch. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know what I got. Mine is like circa 1998, and I almost had my wife convinced today that I was going to buy the new Hummingbird uh, model that's on sale at Cabela's for $200 off. 
But then when she asked if it's $200 off, how much is it? So, you know, <laughs> 1200 I, I quickly changed the topic and, and said, maybe I can get, get by with the one I got well, I'll be honest. from 1998. I was so looking at the low rents. Uh, hook five, which is a five inch screen triple shot. And it's got down imaging, side imaging, GPS, sonar and everything. Right. And I thought, man, that thing's pretty cool. And it's got, it's on sale for two nine. What is it? Two ninety nine, I think right now, but it's sold out everywhere. But except for Calgary, and I happen to have a cousin that lives in Calgary. So I'm like, hmm, and I've got a substantial gift card for Cabela's, but there might be other stuff I realize I need, right? So I'm trying to hang on yeah. to those gift cards for those things that I do need. So I have, I, I, I ordered a transducer mount, which is that, that is the biggest thing. So the, I bought this kayak because this one has got the real estate on the deck, right? Two people, you could stand up, you could walk up and down. It's like a mini bass boat. And so now all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I got to put my fish finder, my transducer. Well, where's the transducer going to go? Well, it's got to go and you got to have an arm that goes over the side, but the wiring, well, where's the wiring got to go? Well, now I got to figure out where to put the, the, the wiring to get to the battery and how am I going to power the fish finder and keep it all yeah, clean? Cause I want now. it, I want it clean, right? Like that's the thing. Yep. So I bought a, a plate for, with a USB, port charger port a cigarette lighter port and then like a battery gauge which my battery has a digital readout on it but then this would give me a remote one that i could see right there beside me and so but then i thought wait a minute if i drill holes in this thing a yikes but it and then i sit these in i'm looking at it going wow in the wall of the kayak guys are telling me it'll work but when I'm looking at it, I don't know. They almost look like they're too long and they're going to hit the back end of the, the wall of the kayak. So I'm going, ah, maybe I won't do that. So then I, I thought, okay, before I bought the, the, the transducer mount, I, I had bought one already for this Lawrence that goes through the scupper hole. So every kayak has, has holes in it, right? So if you the take what? on water, oh yeah, the scupper holes. This is really cool, Bill. Scupper oh, hole. sit down, brother. I'm going to educate. So, and that's the name. This ain't like the You're oil crap. Words, no, no, no. Make yourself sound intelligent. So here. they have holes in them and, and the deck that you sit on, right? So the deck is angled. And then it's got lifted spots for your feet. So the water, if you get water in the kayak, it will then flow down to the scupper holes and run back in to the, to the drink. So you're always going to, you're not going to take on water. Like it's going to stay dry. So you got holes that go right through the, the kayak. So they make a mount. Lawrence makes a mount that you put right through the scupper hole and it puts that transducer right underneath your kayak, right under your seat. And then there's grooves under there for like when you're paddling, right? To channel the water. And so it will fit right in the groove. And you're like, wow, that's slick. But then I'm like, man, I still got to run the wire now from the transducer from under my seat through the out of that scupper hole all the way up. And I can't make this look clean. So I want to now drill holes and put ports in. And then I'm like, man, I don't know if I want to drill that many holes in my kayak yet. It's brand new. So I'm going. Yeah. So I did before I bought all of that. So that all came in today, which now it's got to go back because then I decided I'm going to put my battery in the hatch. It has a front hatch. So the battery, normal guys build battery boxes and put them right on the deck, but I want the real estate. It's the whole reason I bought this. So my battery will fit in the front hatch. So I'm going to put it in the hatch, which means now the battery's hidden. It's in there. The deck's awesome. And my motor's like going that. on the front. Nice and clean. Nice and clean. So my mo my bow mount motor, wireless, wireless, no wires is going on the front, but it's got to plug into the, into the motor. Well, because the battery's right 
right there in the front hatch. I could just drill a hole and put a plug right there by my battery. And now I'm through the wall and I'm into that batter into the battery in the hatch. Great. Now the fish finder, I found this fishfindermounts.com and they have the heavy duty magnet that you reach inside your kayak through that hole and through that, that front um, portal <laughs> that my battery's in and you clip this on and then the arm goes on the outside and then it's on an arm it, that you could swivel up and down. So when you're, if you want to come into dock, you just put it up and tighten it. When you want it in the water, you just swing it down. And then it has so a it's mount. Mag- it's a magnetic super mount. Super duty, heavy duty magnetic mount that magnets Whoa. through your kayak wall. And I watch so videos on it and, and they're like, thinking, this thing is awesome. Even on New Canoe, right. they actually, New Canoe themselves that made my kayak actually had them come to their showroom and make a YouTube video on it. So, like this I'm thing's thinking awesome. That, that somebody's going to get a nice fish finder. No, That's I'm telling I'm, you. I'm well, thinking. it's just the well, and hear me out. So, it's just the transducer, which is a cable up and over the side of the kayak to the fish finder mount. Now, the fish finder mount has a self-contained its own battery right in the in the mounting block that goes in the track on my kayak so it will screw down and then my fish finder sits on top of that so the fish finder everything is all one piece so if that thing does knock off it's still got the long cable all the way back to my fish finder that's bolted into the track on top of my kayak i'm good to go and it's all condensed so the the only wires are going to be over the edge of my kayak to that transducer nothing on the deck nothing having to go to the battery it's got its own battery so I'm like, okay, all this crap's going back. So I had to order it. So it's coming. So yeah. Hmm. And then I've got some tie down clips and stuff that I got to keep my, my uh, crate in the back just in case it does turn sideways and my tackle pack almost drops in. So they will anchor into the tracks <laughs> and hold themselves in. I'm telling you when I'm ready to build this thing, which is like, I'm like a week out there. I'm making, I'm going live. I'm making videos, man. This thing, I am There's so There's got to be pumped. some uh, documentation of this oh, activity because I, I think you, it's going to be fantastic. Because I've taken the time to like, because I, I ordered stuff and was ready to go. I got the blueprint, I got paper, I'm drawing it all up and I'm like, oh, that's not going to work because I mean, I can make it work, but I, I, I just don't want to drill these big holes in the kayak. And then if yeah, it by chance doesn't do what I want. A bunch of holes in it. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? Nope. I'm going to keep it clean. So by the, the cost of the transducer arm and the mount that I ordered now is darn near the same cost of the fishfindermount.com with the built-in battery and the, and everything else, the magnet, the whole nine yards. So this is about the fourth time I've been through this, heard this story. I've even had the tour where everything's going and lines are going and all this. I just wish that when he was in high school and college, he researched his homework and <laughs> projects as much as he does this. I didn't have to. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure my bed wishes the same of me sometimes. I can I can sympathize with with that. You know, and I, I get the same thing with my kid too. I mean, as much as he's got some passion about, you know, this uh I Todd, you'd appreciate this. He's trying to get uh I don't know if it's a PlayStation or something, the new one PlayStation that's 5? coming out. What's that? The PlayStation five. Maybe it's the one that, that there's not that many. He's on a bunch of sites for drops and uh, he gets notifications when they're, they're available to buy at certain spots. So he doesn't have to go through YouTube and, or, or uh, one of these social media sites. I don't know what it is. I, I, I only 75% listen to it because I'm not a big fan of gaming stations as it is. You're too busy but, missing class. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to, yeah, it's exactly right. I'm too busy trying to be a homeschool teacher and, and everything else. And, but what I don't understand is the effort to your point that he puts into trying to find these, 
sights and try to, it was 1230. <laughs> oh, I, can I can relate. I can relate. At twelve thirty, a couple of nights ago, and apparently he gets a notification on his phone. I don't even know why he's got his phone on at this point in time, but all I hear is my wife's phone ding, 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 a text message after time, and I, I'm I'm dead from a dead sleep to now I'm getting angry. Like who's texting you? Oh, it's Hunter. What does he want? Well, <laughs> the play PlayStation, I guess, just had released a site where he could go on and buy it. He got it in his cart and he wanted to pay for it right then and there at 1230 at night when we're both sound asleep. And I'm like, enough. Did he get it? <laughs> so, Did he get it? No. I got out of bed and I told him that's enough of the text messaging and it stopped right then and there. And he still hasn't got his PlayStation. You're yet. so mean, dad. I'm lucky. He's lucky he didn't uh, lose his phone and everything else. If I'm him. Me I'm reporting you to the yeah. principal. You probably should. You send, send me at home. Send me home without, you know, pay or something. I don't know. <laughs> so he didn't get it because his dad's no. a big bearded meanie. Yeah, I'm. I'm passed out asleep, and and I. Like, well, you weren't I'm by then. If, you were obviously well, waiting you, to get up and tell him to stop. So then you might as yeah. well have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that logic rolls, rolls through your head too. When uh, <laughs> when situations like that arise at your yeah, household, the only bonus is I could just push pay now. I don't have to go bug anybody. <laughs> yeah. Jen rolled over. I don't know. It was Sunday night, Monday night, and she's like, like twelve thirty. I don't know what time. But what are you doing still? And I'm like, oh, I'm trying to research how to melt this transducer, and I'm debating between this arm and this scupper hole mount. Yeah. I sympathize with some of that. I, my brain went on my boat project. I got, and I was, you know, this is how silly it goes. I, I did a bunch of work on the boat this weekend. I took it off the trailer and I was just going to replace the bunks on the trailer because they were, they were rotten. And that turned into completely 100% stripping the entire trailer down to the bare metal. What? Taking every nut. Oh yeah. I, what? Yeah. <laughs> you just you just said you just like we're finishing it. Yeah, no. I was only gonna do actually I wasn't gonna do the bunks. I was gonna do the uh the lights. I needed to do the lights because the, the, the wires were rotten and they were damaged from many years of abuse and so I bought a light kit from Princess Auto, LED side lights and, and rear lights, and I was gonna replace them all. So I took the boat off. Uh, I got a, uh, went over to my neighbors, uh, and I bored a couple big tires and I pushed, pushed the boat off the trailer, put them on the tires in the backyard, got the trailer around the front yard. And I started feeling the bunks and the bunks were rotten. And I'm like, okay, well, if I'm going to replace the bunks, and then I started to rip the bunks off. And then I said, well, if I'm going to take the bunks off and the lights, might as well take the axle off because that needs to be painted. The trailer looks like it needs to be painted. I can't paint it unless I strip it. So now it's completely down to bare metal and waiting for a nice warm day to uh, to paint it. See, I wouldn't have that problem. My kayak together. fits in the back of the truck. I don't know if you're going <laughs> to yeah. make that happen with the boat. You're just too busy, Bill. What's uh, the car project? Where's it at? That that is actually I, I had some good news on that one. I, I made a phone call last week, and uh, a guy I know down in St. Catharines, who uh, St. Catharines Fort Erie, way he wants to buy works one. On, <laughs> you know, yeah, works on Volkswagens. Uh, his, his business, Air Cool Connections, he's a fantastic guy, and uh, I've contacted him with the, the prospect of getting that pushed forward to the next level and. Uh, once this COVID thing's over, he's going to come up, pick up the car and, and get it to the next level before 
um, you know, I'm hoping before Christmas time. So awesome. then start to slap parts back together and maybe cross my fingers, maybe a year this time when I'm driving it. Uh, That's awesome. You'll be doing 25 down the highway. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, 43 horsepower is a lot in, in one of those, those cars. <laughs> Beard. Nope. Just hanging there where it always does. Cause there won't be enough wind to move it anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that and my foot outside the door i should be able to get up to 100 right don't put floor pans in it you can go turbo mode <laughs> yeah for, for the flintstone machine there. yeah nah, she should go i'm pretty happy i'm not gonna have a whole lot of passengers in it my wife and i no doubt my mind. No doubt that's it <laughs> and you're not getting it right i'm telling you right now i'm gonna come down i'm gonna pick your dad up we're gonna go for a cruise and that'll be that. See you in six hours. How far did you make it round the block? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't be jealous. Well, I was anxious. I'll, I'll go buy you on the scooters. <laughs> <laughs> He's terrible. Need a mm-hmm. tow? <laughs> I was yep, anxious to get mine home. We had a couple of nice days. I got it home. I thought, great. I got one cruise in, just a short cruise. And then the next day it snowed. Here's the reason. Snowed and got cold. Yeah. <sighs> Hasn't moved since. How did it winter? No, it wintered great. Wintered great. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a I don't know what you call them little things keeps the battery hot over a the tender. winter. Uh, let me help, let me help you. Tender. And a I battery did, tender. I did go out the garage and get my well. I got his new battery uh, charger because my I think battery he, charger. I think mine was toast by the time I went out and tried to save it. But but I took his home, put it on overnight, and then Saturday morning went over, cranked it till she started, drove it home, and it run great. Had a little That's cruise awesome. the next night, and then cold weather hit, snow hit, more cold weather, more wind. So it's just been sitting since. But at least it's, it's not home. exactly uh, fit for snow travel, is it? No, it's not set for <laughs> wet travel because it did uh-huh. rain one day, and I thought the sun come out on. Nope, I can't even go out on the road with no top, no windshield wipers, and no fenders. It just rooster tails that wet road right up all over you. You need yeah. the inside of the windows and in the windshield. And, and you can't even inside. hit the gas. You got to idle. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, got to the speed of a Volkswagen Beetle. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with that. It gets you to point A to point B and has done that for many, many years, my you know, friend. I, I, I love <laughs> Not a Volkswagen. Car, I'm, I'm <laughs> somebody's, somebody's Volkswagen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm anxious to see your completed project. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, you and me both. I'm I'm anxious to, uh, to get it past this next hump is what I am. And I'm optimistic now because this guy, um, you know, he's a, he used to go to high school with Candace, uh, and he branched out. He, he, funny guy. He used to race Volkswagen Beetles, um, on dirt track and they outlawed him from racing because with the Beatles. He kept wanting he, a participation was, award. Yeah. He beat everybody. <laughs> He, he would beat everybody with the the rear engine machine, uh, rear engine Volkswagen. He would uh, beat the competition so bad that they outlawed that style of car from from racing. Uh, I don't know the whole story, but uh, he, then he he went into building engines for for uh, John's Bug Shop down in uh, Niagara Falls, and then he branched out on his own to uh, air cooled connections and 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 I called him the other day and he is just swamped because this uh, whole COVID thing has got everybody not able to go anywhere. So they're getting the projects back out. They're working on, you know, things around the house and, and classic cars is one of the things that seems to be on people's minds. And, and he has not been out of work or, or without things to do since, you know, he opened his business That's uh, good news. a few years back. So 
Yeah, it's nice. I'm, I'm glad he's able to fit me into his, his, his schedule there. And like I said, uh, getting through that next hump is going to be exciting. He's like, a dinky car? It doesn't take me long. What's that? <laughs> he, said, he says, a dinky car? That doesn't take me too long. <laughs> yeah. We'll fit that in. <laughs> Nice. Swat him, would you, John? <laughs> I'm tempted. Let me tell you. I think I got a lawnmower laying around here. We'll swap the motors. We'll get you right back on the road. No time. All right. On to the next subject there, fellow. What are we doing this weekend? Well, I don't know what you're doing this weekend. Well, I, but you're, no, more, you're more than welcome to join us on both days uh, for both occasions, to be honest with you, Bill. But yeah. Saturday is our opening day of trout. And so we are going trout hunting, which we've talked about previous years on this podcast. And, but then Saturday or Sunday is then our opening day at Turkey. Yeah. And I checked with Rick today, made sure he ordered worms. My brother-in-law. That's my son-in-law. He's ordered 500 worms. He's picking them up tomorrow morning. So we're good on the trout hunting. So you're front. able to get uh, get worms, which is good. You got your hooks, you got your rod. Yeah, uh, rods all set up and all ready, ready to go. And yep, sure. And Patched my hip yeah. boots tonight. Uh, what was that? You, I put a I, I bought a can of that stop leak spray on rubber stuff, and I sprayed on a couple of cracks and holes I had in my hip boots. So I got that all sealed up tonight. You're gonna Lunch wear them? Oh yeah. I usually wear them. And a life jacket. Well, we'll see. <laughs> it is just a little stream. <laughs> well, yeah, one of these years, maybe next year I'll get down there with you guys. And I, I'm anxious to uh, to get fishing. I'm anxious to get hunting. Like I said, the, the amount of snow that we had over the last 24 hours, I'm really, really nervous about what this Sunday is going to bring for the turkey yeah. hunt for sure up here. You know what? I've hunted them with toques on and shot. I got pictures holding birds with, with toques on. Well, let me ask you a question then. My brother and I were kind of talking about this a little bit today when when I chatted with him. What do you think the birds do differently when it's cold like that compared to what they would, you know, three weeks later in the, in the season? You know what? Vocal in, in your opinion? Yeah, I don't think your... it's cold enough. Like in the dead of winter, okay, maybe different. Yeah, but, okay, but, but this, this is cold, springtime. This cold snap after they've already started puffing up and stuff like that, I think they stay go mode. I don't know, Dad, yeah. you tell me. Like, we've hunted them when it's been snowing, and I had a toque on, and it was turkey hunting as normal, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You do, as far as I'm concerned, you do the same thing. I always carry a, a really heavy lined raincoat, and I found that put that over top of my hoodie and my coat and everything rattles a little bit, but it keeps me warm and dry. And I've shot turkeys wearing that thing and pouring rain and free, <coughs> excuse me, freezing cold snow in the air. Yeah. We've had snow on the, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. think it bugs them that much. Like it's not, it's not lingering. Right. I wondered if, if it stayed snowing for a couple weeks. Yeah. Right sure. before season. Ah, uh, then I don't know. But but I'm yeah, thinking from a, a vocal standpoint, it may slow them down a little bit, but I don't know. I'm just like, yeah, over the, well, let's put it this way. Over the last three days, the, the fields that I've uh, typically seen turkeys in, I have not seen turkeys uh, for the last three days. Really? Yep. Have not. The uh, uh, three days before that though, I tell you what, the birds were out, the, uh, the, the puffed up, like I, I, I don't know if I said this, on last spot, oh no, maybe I was talking to your dad. Dad, uh, this week I just about hit two two turkeys on Monday, 
because they were out and about and before the, almost. the snow and the cold weather came. Yeah, well, almost. I, I could have had my tag filled if I had it went in the ditch a little bit and didn't honk the horn to, for the tom not to cross the road. But Yeah, you told me about that. Yeah, so I, you know, I was driving to my physio appointment on Monday. Uh, I like to go the back way because, you know, I need to my physio on getting older, Todd. Once you get there, you'll realize. <laughs> no comment. But, <laughs> yeah, so I'm driving down, driving down this back road, and this hen is standing on the middle of the road, and I slow down to get to the uh, to let the hen cross, and this tom comes right out of the ditch, hot on this hen's tail, and I had to stop, honk the horn twice. It turns around, like, oh, there's a car there, and and goes back in the ditch. That sucker <laughs> was big, man. He was he was a, a, a massive bird. And I could have had my, my turkey on Monday already, but <laughs> well, like I'll tell you, while you were talking there, I just checked the weather. And so Sunday for us is going to be 10 degrees Celsius, but it's going to be zero of, of a low. So I'm assuming early in the morning, it's going to be cold. So, yeah. but come Tuesday, it's like 26 degrees. So yeah, there you go. if I'm a betting man, I, I, I'm glad we got kind of this cold snap right now. Saturday's going to be 15 degrees Celsius, so a warmer. I bet you they're going to be out Saturday. It might slow them down on Sunday, but man, on, on Tuesday, I bet you every field's right full of them because of this yeah, coming out you. of this cold snap. Well, and here's the other question to you. How, how, what's the, the thought about uh, eggs already on the ground? You know what? I, I honestly always I've uh, we've been turkey hunting. Dad, me and me and Scotty went and chased a coyote off a off a nested hen, didn't we? When mm-hmm. we were turkey hunting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, I think they will be. But, like, but, but that's you. almost normal. I think I think yeah, there's, there's some you know hens that right. go into early. Like we were we were sitting across the field and watching this big Tom way across the field. And then I, the only way I knew it is because I came through the woods and this hen just went crazy. Like what? Whoa! There's a nest right there because she didn't she didn't take off take off, and so I'm like, whoa! There's a nest right there. So then we we crossed the field, went and snuck up, seen this tom on the other side of the bush. So we kind of headed into the bush. We sat there for a while and watched the tom at like 500 yards across the field. And he wasn't looking at us. We looked back over and we can see this coyote sneaking through the woods, going towards the nested hen. So we went over and chased the coyote away. Hmm. And you that was saved a bunch of birds there. That's awesome. That was during turkey season. Yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, I my believe, dad, I believe they'll be on the ground. Yeah, I think so too. My dad's got a a resident hen that's been walking around the the property, but it, 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 he's got uh, ten acres of property up in the Ottawa Valley and and uh, bush behind uh, that belongs to the neighbors, and he's always seen deer and turkeys. It's like a wildlife sanctuary there, but he's a a conservationist in his own right, because the birds in his property, he could get one every day of the week, but you know, he, he likes to watch them. So <laughs> he, what's on his property, he typically, they don't shoot them when they fly. In, they hit a partridge fly into the window. It broke its neck and he ate that, but you know, <laughs> the turkeys and the deer, they typically don't take them off the property. So, but this resident hen, he says, I, I'm convinced it's got a nest in the bush because it does a little loop. It'll get up, and he, you know, he can see see out of his basement into the the, the, the woods there, and he can see, watch the hen 
crossing from his, his right to his left and it goes up past his garage behind it goes around by the wood pile and keeps circling around comes back into my mom's bird feeder and then it goes back into the bush so and he does that twice a day you know and he's figuring guaranteed it's sitting on a nest back there and won't be long before there's little ones uh running around yeah, but i believe it i believe it i think there's some earlier earlier hens out there go and lay them yep. yeah but they they have multiple um nests or clutches or clutches don't they clutches look Is at you, you, you clutches I just, I just call it a gaggle. It's a gaggle. A, a brood a flock, of turkeys. A brood. Yeah, a murder. I'm not sure the terminology. When I'm yeah, there, it's a murder. That's crows. <laughs> that's, yeah. <laughs> Maybe this year. Maybe you'll, you'll tag out this year. I'm hoping, you know, so, yeah, I'm going to go Saturday morning to to where I, I'm hoping to hunt Sunday because I can gun hunt here. I don't know if you guys can there on Sunday. Yep, we're doing her. Yeah, yeah. we can. Yeah. I can gun hunt in only in certain areas where, where I – Mostly deer hunted with bull. Um, I can't gun hunt Sundays, but behind my house here I can, which mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's going to be a win or not, or up the street where there's a county bush that I'm really thinking there's going to be some activity at. So I'm going to go out Saturday and kind of pick a spot, and if the weather is right and I got a good feeling about it Sunday morning, I'll get up and put the shotgun on my shoulder and, and head out there and pick a spot and wait for a couple hours. And You're not going to go with your brother? This Sunday? No, you know what? It's it's just no, no. I just I just don't feel right traveling. With all right the now COVID with, deal, yeah. With everything going on, I get my my vaccine on Monday. Oh, so well, look at that! I'm not sure what what that does to anything besides you know maybe give me some superpowers and make my arm <laughs> fall off or something. But I'll be vaccinated and then uh, we'll see what the world brings. But yeah, him and I were yeah, talking, and he's got a definite activity where he is, and he's. He's excited about getting out. And he, well, let's give him he, some he tips. Him, yeah, sorry. Go uh, ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, he, I was going to say he bought himself a mouth call. Yeah, you so were saying he, that. Yeah, and he's been trying and practicing uh, with the mouth call, and, and he's convinced himself and maybe me, I haven't heard it yet, that he doesn't sound like a dead cat or a cat just about ready to <laughs> pack it in. But, you know, I think this year's going to be a really good year for him with the uh, mouth birds i'm seeing on his trail cameras because he still has that out and with the mount that he's talking about so right yeah, we should probably we should probably talk a little bit about you know the the, I'm the thinking preparation of the some, last minute yeah. prep stuff, well, right? and I'm, I'm thinking let's give some tips right that that if we can help anybody like your brother the thought process like i know we talked to him before he was on the podcast a couple weeks ago right talking about this yeah. but dad brought up some points too he's like hey i want to mention where to where to aim at the turkey when you because i've said it before on this podcast i'm certain of it that i think when people shoot and miss a turkey 90 percent of those people shoot over top of that turkey just the way you line up your shotgun and i know that i've done it once now luckily there was another tom behind it (laughs) and i hit that one (laughs) but you but, got lucky is what you did. Well, right? I mean, no, I was I was trying to get two in uh, one shot, but I knew that was illegal at the last minute. I pulled high and then just shot the one yeah. behind him. Yeah, it makes sense to me. So, <laughs> but yeah, but I guarantee you that, so people that shoot high. And so uh, we learned early on, Dad, that where where do you aim? 
Oh, right where the neck joins the body. The neck, the neck meets the body. Because everybody says, "Oh, well, you got to shoot them in the face," and I always say, "You guys, we're going to shoot the turkeys in the face." But I don't aim for their head. I put that bead down where their neck meets the body, and every time I do that, they drop like a bag of rocks, man. Yeah. And I know people that shot clean, and I don't know how did I miss him. It was twenty-five yards. I. Bet you, you got a super tight turkey choke because everybody's got to roll a turkey choke, right? I'm turkey hunting. I need a super tight choke when the majority of shots are probably 25 yards and everybody's like, I wouldn't shoot over 40 yards. Why'd you put a turkey choke in? Because I shoot geese yeah, at 40 true. yards with a modified, <laughs> like, or with a with an improved <laughs> cylinder, sorry, but now it's steel, but still. So you put that tight turkey choke in there and, and then I, I'm I'm sorry, but I bet you folks shoot, shoot over top of them. So- Well, uh, 100%. As a new turkey hunter, I did it, you know, and there's nothing, nothing worse than everything working out. I I, I went down to a buddy of mine's, I'll tell a quick story here before we get into more tips. I like this, I I know, tell a story. Yeah, I went to a buddy of mine's place in uh, in Simcoe, um, and he had a, he had a farm that, uh, where he, he raised rodeo bulls on that he was a stock contractor before Joe Shaw. Good guy, Brian Norman. Great, great guy. And what, uh, what we would do was did he raise the year. infamous Optimus prime? He did. Yeah. And that came from his, uh, I thought his, so. his and short bus and then a bunch of the other ones came from him too. But, um, the old rodeo guy, uh, but he, he found out early that he liked the stock contract inside more than he liked riding the bulls. <laughs> so it made more money for him is what he said. Guaranteed. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> freaking teed. <laughs> but this farm that he bought in uh, Simcoe, um, in Norfolk County had a ton of turkeys on it. And I came down there on uh, Friday night. No, I'll say Friday night. Cause I think the Saturday morning was the opener. And we're standing out in his, his, his porch. He got a, had a wraparound porch in this beautiful log home that he built. And uh, um, putting the birds to bed, basically, we, he called a little bit with his crow call. And sure enough, right where we were headed in the morning, this bird dumps his guts blah, 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 right there. He had it a second time. Blah, blah, right there. I'm like, and now, now we're going to bed thinking bird in the tree, right behind the house, in the bush, right where we're hunting tomorrow morning. I'm up first because I'm the guest. He gave me the opportunity to take first. He, he did everything. And uh, sure enough, we get up. We, we find our spot first thing in the morning. Sun's starting to come up. And it was just like the, the picture perfect. Everything you see in a hunting show, it happened exactly the way it was supposed to. He had a, on the trail, we, we put the decoy out. Bird came flying out of, the, out of the tree, hit the trail, puffed up, 60 yards out, comes in. Brian is, is behind me. His his wife and his son are back there too. They got out that early in the morning just to see this bird hit the ground. When you make people laugh, you like to do it in a group setting. I, I, let's go, let's go bigger, go home. I'm the almost guy here. Let's let's, let's let's carry on with this. So this bird's coming in. It's sixty yards now. The decoy is at fifteen yards. I let it get almost to the decoy, and I hear Norman behind me. Take him, kaboom. Does not drop. Shoot him again. <laughs> and, and this, I'm stunned. I don't know what's happening. I did. I don't know what happened. So yeah, I, I had in the my videos, pump. they always fall over right here. What's you, going you, on? That's exactly right. Feathers, feathers flew off this bird in the back, and 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 it, I take a second shot, and now he's flying for the hills. He's gone. Well, <sighs> I did exactly what you said. I, I went. And I, I put the 
put it right on his uh, on his beak. I pulled the trigger and I shot right over top of him. Guaranteed. I took yep. feathers right off his back. And that bird, I guarantee you, was the same one Norman shot that was twenty six pounds. Wow. Big bird. And he yep. he won he shot that bird a couple weeks later because it had feathers that were gone right off the center of his back and he brought it down here and he won the turkey contest with it. No doubt. So yeah. But <sighs> That's, That's awesome. what happened. A rookie mistake. Yep. And, shoot clean uh, over. Oh, guaranteed. Shoot, shoot right and, over. Because yeah, like you line that shotgun up and it's not a rifle. And so, yeah, when you put that bead on, uh, yeah, yeah. Aim, yeah. aim for the neck. Don't make the same mistake the neck, as you almost guy. Aim where the neck meets the freaking body. Yeah. One Oh one. Okay. Another tip. Go. Know where you're, you pattern your gun before him. So my brother, my brother, I talked about this. Oh, I don't know about that one. I, for me, yeah. And I've I already got a gun. I got a choke tube. If nope, it doesn't listen. shoot on paper, so I don't want to know. <laughs> well, the, the, this is for me, for me, because my brother said, well, oh, oh, do you need a turkey choke? I said, well, you don't need a turkey choke. I said, if you, if you can't afford one, and he can afford one, it has nothing to do with that. He's like, do I need to go out and buy one? That's what he said. And I said, well, I don't think you do, but you should take a few shots with your gun to understand your effective range. So if that bird comes in, you're so responsible. Yards, uh, that's what I, okay. I take shots at turkeys. You know how many mistakes I've made in the yeah. hunt? <laughs> I, just, from my- I just shoot at turkeys to see my effective range. Whoa. Yeah. That was, that was, <laughs> yeah. that was 70 yards. That, well, that's yeah. effective. <laughs> yeah, that is, yeah. He's still going. He's still going. <laughs> that I would say, take a few shots to understand your ammunition, understand your gun. And uh, that that's that's a little tip for you there. Because if you if you got a, a modified that that you're comfortable with, as long as your effect it's with turkeys within your effective range, pull the check trigger the pattern. Some, oh yeah, just check, check the pattern. pattern. Yeah, piece of cake. The responsible I, guy says check the pattern. I've never I've never patterned my my super black eagle too. Uh, I don't think I've ever put it on a patterning board. Not to say never. I've patterned my other guns, right? Like my trap gun, everything else. But I've never patterned that super black eagle too. Now, on paper, it patterns quite nicely on geese, turkeys, ducks, rabbits. I mean, it, it'll, well, not rabbits, I think, my other gun, but, but it does, I tell you. <laughs> okay. All right. Are we going down the path to say, uh, you know, this might be podcast number, whatever. I don't mean to say this. I was but about it, to. It, I was, you just stole <laughs> it. I was waiting for dad's next tip so I could chime that in. <laughs> you got one, dad? Uh, I well, you know, I've called around this week and touched base with the farmers and uh, and made sure we just we don't know where we're going for sure on Sunday morning yet, and we don't know where we're going to sit. We got so many spots that I want to go. I'm torn. But I did make another phone call tonight to a friend, and and uh, he he's doing some work back there, but he says. A couple weeks into May, call him again. If we haven't tagged out in our other spots, uh, he'll let me know when the work's done, and he'll be glad to let us go in there. So, Wicked. Yeah, so that's fine. As long as, if we don't tag out early, we know we got a backup spot. But you need, like, if you are if you spend three or four days and you can't pattern the birds and you're having bad luck, okay, get out of there, go to a different one, pattern that one for a while. You got the whole month of May. And then uh, give it a rest, go back and do your calls, figure out where they are. And then sooner or later, you're going to have a bird in front of well, you. Well, and I wanted to say that I, I had another tip that if you don't hear gobbles, don't be discouraged. 
That's true. Because we have a spot. So we have a spot that I tell everybody that, I mean, you could, you could swing a dead cat, kill a turkey. And when we sit down in there, you're going to hear gobbles everywhere. There is no ifs, ands, or buts. You're here, but it is a big bush and you're going to hear gobbles. Now we have another spot that we have taken. In fact, we didn't hunt it last year, did we, Dad? Because we shot, what, five turkeys out of there in the last two mm-hmm. years. So between the three of us. So we're like... It's got to be getting low on turkeys. We better we better leave it alone for a little bit. But when we go in there, we don't hear a gobble. It's all sight hunting, right? So we we sit on the edge of the of the wood uh, the woods on the edge of the field, which I I normally like to sit. But it's a little small bush, and you can see field all over. And we just sit in like a twenty yard wide finger, uh, and so it's got all it's got three sides to it of field, and so we just watch. And we'd never, I, have you ever heard a gobble out there? No. Aside from, no, I don't even know if we've heard one we call, because we didn't really call to them when they come out. They walk, we know how they walk, so they walk by us, but, and you take that chance. But we have that bush that we've hunted it, never hear a gobble, but we've, we killed five turkeys the last couple of years. So hmm. don't get discouraged. And then if it's windy, the spot that we do have yeah. that they gobble their fool like that year. So I'm going to sound a little bit cocky when I say oh, this. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> but my, my Ontario record turkey that is mounted up in my living room, we went all morning. A brand new hunter, never, ever even hunted once. Not once in his life. And he came out and I said, dude, there's nothing like turkey hunting because whether we see one or not, you're going to get pumped just from hearing the... It's, it's just, and you're going to hear it. There's going to be a million of them. And in this bush, I'm telling you, you always hear gobbles. We didn't hear one gobble all the way till 10 a.m. And that one I shot, he still didn't gobble. He didn't even care. It, it was just dead quiet. And that's not normal even. And I know there's so many turkeys in that bush. It is so huge. I mean, it's, it's, we have permission from what, four different landowners in there, Dad? Yeah, five or six, I think. Five or six. That's how big it is. I mean, this, this, this bush and, and all the different fields that connect, it just goes for it. So you hear turkeys all over the freaking place in there. And that morning, not one gobble. So don't think there's no turkeys there because there's no goblin. I almost guarantee you in, in our area now, the way that they've introduced and been blowing up, there's turkeys in every freaking bush. Yeah. I don't care what you say. They're everywhere now. There's all, all kinds of birds around. I mean, I'm hoping that, that you don't have them all down there. I'm hoping you've left a few and pushed them up my way. But, you know, <laughs> they got to be around. What's fun in that spot Todd's talking about, if you go with three or four guys, and even two, but if you go with three or four guys and you know where each person's sitting, and so you can watch the field between you and them or and then you and the other person and you and the fourth person. And when you see birds moving, you got your phone. Uh, we used to carry radios, but now it's phones and you text them. You got a bo- you got a bird coming at you from the east. Oh heck, I've I've moved myself like yeah. the the one with two of them. So we were in that in the one where they don't gobble. It's just a little bush, but there's bush around, right? Like there's a huge field and a little bush across from that. So they'll be in there and they'll be coming across. Well, I'm sitting there and I get bored. So me and Scotty are just sitting there chilling. And I got, I said, man, I'm going to go, I'm going to go walk the other side. Cause we're, we're about 10 yards in the woods. I don't like to sit right on the edge. Another tip. I don't like to sit right on the edge because, man, they can see. And we have a blind that we stake down. And I keep trying to convince Dad, Dad, back up a bit. I want to be in the woods just a bit so they're not looking at me and movement and seeing me. So I go about, I mean, 
five between five and 10 yards in the bush and set up on the edge. And so I sit in there and I said, I'm going to go look in the other field behind me. You can't see yet. You got to walk through the bush, but I know there's none in the bush with me. Now, maybe there could have been, but it's only 20 yards wide. So I said to Scott, I'm going to go take a look. So I go and I sneak across and I look and I'll be darned. There's one in the other field. All right. I run back. Scotty, it was Scotty's turn to shoot. Scotty, we got to go. There's one in the other field. So we go, well, we're sitting there behind trees and we can, we're able to walk and follow them along the edge of the field, 20 yards in behind trees. They couldn't see us. We just go behind tree for to behind tree, behind tree. That's the beauty of this, this bush. And so he eventually walked out to this, uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's just a row of pines, single row of pines divided to two fields. And he walked along the edge and we're calling and he walked the other way. He wouldn't come. And I'm like, ah. I, what, what do you want me to do, Scott? I said, okay, here's the deal. He walked up that edge of that pine. I'm going to crawl through the tall grass on the edge of the, of the edge of the woods to the other side of that pine tree row. And then I'm going to run up that pine tree row and try to get ahead of him and push him back your way. Scott's like, whatever, man, because he ain't coming this way anyways, so you might as well. So I did. I belly crawled through the grass, got to the other side of the pines, figured he didn't see me. He's walking away now, going up the edge of the pines. And I'm thinking the pines are thick enough where he's at that I may be able to run by him, come through the pines and scare him back towards Scott, right? He's going to hear me hit those pines and come flying back the other way. I go running up that edge and I've already shot one on the day before. So I go running up that edge and I'm kind of hunched over running like a, a quick, quick, quick jog. And I'm jogging up there along the edge and I'll be darned. I get beside that turkey and it freaks out. And instead of running back towards Scott, it comes through the pine trees and runs right in front of me and almost steps on my boots. <laughs> and I put the gun up and pulled the trigger as it ran right in front of me, like five yards and rolled it over like a rabbit. It was freaking awesome. But that bush, it allows you to do that. You could go back and forth. And then the last, the, the other time, I think we shared this story when we had Scotty on. It's my all time favorite hunting story. We did the same thing. We're sitting on the, on the one corner where we always see them said, Scott, all right, you know, we got to pack up soon because seven o'clock is, is legal hunting time. We got to be out of here by seven. So it's about, you know, a quarter after six, I'm going to go check that other field. Cause if there's one in there, we're going to have 45 minutes of dancing. He's like, yeah, okay. So I go look, sure enough, there's a Tom out in the middle feeding. Oh man. And I had the spot in stock. So I so ran back, got Scotty. It was Scotty's turn again that year. So I ran back and got Scotty and said, dude, he's like, we got like 10 minutes to get to, what are we going to do? And I'm like, we only got 10 minutes. He, we ain't calling him. He's, he's 500 yards out there. Like he's way out in the back of that field. I, I said, you just get behind me and I'll just walk with this spot and stock in front of me. And then when we get close enough, if he lets us, you just jump out and pound him. Scott's like, okay, now hindsight 2020. And I shared this a year ago that I should have just stayed back and watched and let Scott go. Didn't even think about that. I don't even know what we were thinking. I'm like, I've got the, the spot and stock in my hand. Get behind me. Let's go. So away we go. My gun's on my back with the strap and I've got the spot and stock in front of me. And I'm kind of, I, I can't really crouch low because Scotty's a big dude. He's like six, three. And so he's behind me with his hand on my shoulder, kind of hunched down and we are walking and we go straight across this field. So we're in line with him, line up with him and walk straight towards him with this spot and stock. Really, really easy, slow, slow going, but we got to do this in 10 minutes. So I'm stopping every now and then and just moving it back and forth. And we're kind of hunched over, but we're still standing up because we're walking. We don't have time to crawl. And away we go. Well, I'll be darned that we get within about 
150 yards of this, this turkey. And it looks at us and we're, I'm just standing, I'm just frozen. Scott behind me and it looks, and it looks again. And next thing I know it full on is running at us. I'm like, Scott, are you ready? And before I could say anything, Scott takes a step out beside me. That thing stops, puts his head straight up and looks at us at about 20 yards. Boom, Scott rolled him over. I could not believe that that just happened. It was freaking awesome. But that bush allowed us to do that. We just stayed, you know, 10 yards in the bush. And then I can move from, look at one, the other point, the other side, look out the front of it, look out the back side we were at. And I move back and forth. And it kind of keeps hunting exciting for me in that little bush so where there's that, not a lot of property that, that we have permission on that tip summarized up is don't get discouraged and get creative oh, if there's a bunch of tips there don't care if they don't gobble none of those turkeys yeah. we shot there gobbled not one never even knew they were there unless we went and checked the fields check the fields because hens go to the fields toms go after the hens in the fields and they will hang back on the edge of the woods to get to those hens and once they figure out okay that hen's not coming to me i'm going to i'm going to start out in the field now they'll go out in the fields so and and absolutely absolutely get creative cuz you know what there's turkeys everywhere and if you miss your in in your lifetime you're going to miss a bunch of turkeys or screw up some hunts those are just stories don't ever get discouraged that's that's just an awesome story to tell if if even if we screwed Trying that to make up you feel better not really. Is that what you're doing? <laughs> it's this for Jay. <laughs> anyway, All right. there was one morning when it was just Rick and I. He was on afternoons. I'm retired. Todd and Scott had to work, so Rick and I are sitting on the south side of this cornfield. It's surrounded by bush back in there where Rick's or Todd's talking about. And a flock of turkeys came out of the the woods right across from us on the north side of that field. You're talking maybe two, three hundred yards across there. And he says, you think I got a nice big Tom with him? And he says, you think I can back into this woods and and then go to the corner and up that woods and get into the far woods on the north side? I said, sure. Rick's 6'6", long legs. He can move. <laughs> he's 6'6", 280. Yeah, he's so, a big dude. So he's. I said, keep your, keep your phone on. Let me know when you're coming up through the bush and I'll keep an eye on them. And hopefully they won't leave. You can get there quick enough. Well, he wasn't five minutes going around that field through that woods he was moving so he texted me he said, okay i'm coming up to the field so i texted him back and i said they're about 50 yards to the west the further to the west than when you left me and i said they look like they're still fairly close to the field so get up as close as you can and uh, are in the field close to the woods so i don't i can't tell exactly how close to the woods they are but whether you can shoot them from within the woods or whether you got to jump out i don't know so let me know like when you're ready to go. So he says, okay, he texted me, coming up to the edge of the woods. Hopefully I'm in the right spot. So I'm watching from the south side. All of a sudden, this big boy, the tall Rick, he comes bounding out of that woods. The turkeys take off, some run, some fly. And that great big Tom flew 90 degrees to him along the edge, and he shot it out of the air. And it was awesome to watch from where I was sitting. Shot it on the wing. Yeah, you can lead... You know, you can help people, text them, help people get to them, spot them. Or if they leave, you can say, hey, forget it. Come on back. They just left. So, but anyway, it's fun. Yeah, getting getting creative there. And I don't know, you guys are you trying any new calls this year? Is that part yeah. of your, your tip process? You, you, don't, you well, yeah, don't get we creative are. with your calls. We are? Yeah, the one you got for Christmas. No? He doesn't know where it is. <laughs> 
<laughs> I got a bunch of calls. I, I got we're gonna, we're gonna go through them all. We had one gobbler. And so I got him a gobbler call. Maybe he's forgot he got it. I got him a gobbler so we don't have to pass it back and forth. That shaker yeah. gobbler. Oh, the gobbler call. Well, because I always use dad, so I got my own now. All I know is I was it, like a new call. Bill said new call. Well, it's not it exactly is new to you. like mine. It's a different <laughs> gobble, but we usually, he'll say, give me the gobble caller. Or he'll say, use the gobble. Like we'll talk back and forth. But, so I thought, okay, if we both have one in our pocket. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I am yeah. going to use a gobble. Yeah, yeah. But no. I always like to make sure that the, the slate calls are, are uh, chalked and scuffed and ready to rock. Chalk, yeah, chalk, yeah. I've done that more than once you get out there. And oh, now you're, it, to me, it probably sounds a whole lot louder in my head uh, than, than it is. But the, the sandpaper on the copper slate, <laughs> first thing in the morning, the everything. <laughs> What's that? You don't do that in the woods? I, I have no choice because typically I forget. Oh, I do it whenever. It's the first thing in the morning and, oh, yeah, okay, I got to send, send the, the call, send the striker, and now I have a, a chance not to sound like a high-pitched squeal. So Yeah, yeah well, I and I can that. share one more. I can uh, is, is go in and be quiet when you first go in at first light. Before yeah. first light and sit down. I can tell you the first time I went turkey hunting and, and I, I shot my first turkey, I, I didn't even want to go. But when I was getting to my spot, I had to go through the woods up the edge of this ravine to get to the spot. I, I stopped pitch black and I stopped to take a breath on the edge and there was a turkey in the tree I leaned against and it flew out. And there's that's so discouraging. Now, sure is. I don't get discouraged because I still shot a turkey that morning. And then I I snuck dad in and I thought, I said to dad, okay, I know where they're going to be roosted. Can I get you in there? Can you be dead quiet? You don't do anything. Don't put out the blind. Don't put out your chair. I will do it. You just go to the tree I point you to and you stand there. I'm going to go put the decoy out. I'm going to come back and I'm going to set everything up. Okay. So now we got to walk like a deer going through the woods. So they think we're deer (laughs) because we're going to be right close to where they're roosting. So I don't know exactly where, I just know we're getting fairly close. All right, so away we go. So he, he's behind me, and I got my, I put my flashlight behind. I can, I could see deep better than him in the dark, so I put my flashlight behind me so he's not stepping on sticks. We're walking like deer, lifting our legs really high so would they think we're deer coming through. We got four legs at this point. So we get in. I, so I point to the tree, go stand there. I start to sneak out with the, I take the one decoy out of our decoy bag and I sneak out about 15 yards and we're in the woods and I stick it in the ground. And I said, normally I don't use decoys in the woods. This was before I quit. So I stick it in the ground. And when I do, the moonlight was just so bright. And I always look up and I'm looking to see where I could see them. And right above me is a turkey roosted. Now I can't see if it's a tom or a hen, but I could see it's a turkey right above me. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I finish putting this decoy in the ground really quiet. I start to sneak back really, really easy. And all of a sudden I hear, and that turkey goes, and takes off. I turn around and look, and there's dad with his finger on one nostril, Blowing his freaking nose. <laughs> Sounds like a deer blowing, like like a 7,000 pound deer blowing because it's five in the morning and nothing's moving. Oh my gosh. I walk back. Now it don't matter. 
what are you doing? I had to blow my nose. Couldn't breathe. I'm like, dad, <laughs> the whole purpose of you standing at the tree, not freaking moving, was so you didn't even crack a branch. Because I, I knew we were going to be where they're roosted. Yeah, I learned that day a, a real tip. You're supposed to suffocate to death. Oh, jeez. Yeah. You got them those. Use it. <laughs> those are the sacrifices you need to make. You want to shoot a turkey or you want to breathe out your nose? You pick. Oh, you my gosh, dude. I'll tell you what. You think I get frustrated on the podcast. Oh. You told him to sound like a deer. Did yeah, you not right. tell him that's you needed to sound like a deer? That, that's another thing. I, I get sick of hearing it. Walk like a deer. I got two yeah. arthritic knees and I'm in the woods. There's no way I'm walking like a fucking deer. You should be able to walk like a deer. Deer lift their legs and walk really slow. Don't do that anymore. That's all you gotta do. Walk really slow. You're good at that. For when you hit the woods, for whatever reason, that's not the case. Yeah. Tip number (laughs) eighty-five. Try and figure out how you can sit in a different spot than your son, and then you don't get so aggravated and nobody gets mad at you. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) That's the truth. You'd be Uh, bored and sleeping. I just like being there. Well, I tell you what, gentlemen, don't forget to print your tags off and put them in your, your pack. And, yep. and, and, uh, we did that. Uh, I did I was, that the other day. Yep. I haven't even done that yet. I forgot about that until we were on the podcast tonight thinking, oh my goodness, I got to make sure I get the hunters, uh, go online. Off in mine. Yep. But they're, they're already bought. I just haven't printed, printed them off yet. But, and then make sure you pack yourself a peanut butter and jam sandwich and yep. a thermos of tea. Yep. <laughs> what, 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 after after turkey hunting, are we going to knit some needles at the local nursing home? <laughs> I, if, if, if that's what you feel, do you, you need, need a sweater? Do. Is that what this is? it's Sweaters cold? Sweaters are warm, a, warm my friend. <laughs> I've got yeah. my grinds coffee pouches ready to go and pack oh. in my cheek. I'm I'm ready to rock. Yeah, I'm gonna. I, I'm interested how you're gonna do that with a mouse call in though. Oh, mouth call on one side, pack in the other, and then when you go to call, you just flip it up, flip it didn't back over. Didn't think about that, did you? No, I actually didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Darn you, Bill. <laughs> yes, foiled again. <laughs> well, now i got to practice. I'll tell you what, though, well, that mouth call is going to taste good for a while. I bet you. <laughs> I bet you you dipped that in your coffee Monday morning and you'd know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I wish you guys the best of luck. I'm gonna, yeah, same deal. Hopefully, Bill. get out and uh, I'll shoot you guys some text messages on Sunday morning. With, with nothing either would make me happier than you text us that you got a bird down. I would love to hear that. Yeah, me too. I'll be honest with you, and uh, thank you for your good wishes. And maybe this podcast over the last year has given a little bit of luck to the almost guy, but we'll see. One day at a time, right? Yeah. <laughs> One day at a time. I don't. I don't know, buddy. I'm thinking it can't because you need to keep the mo. You got you yeah. got hoodies with it on it. Like you can't. You'd have to get a whole new wardrobe. Like what are we going to call you? The no longer almost guy. The the hunter formerly known as the almost guy. Two shot Tom or something. Two shot. Two shot Tom. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, yeah, right on. Sounds good. Good luck, Bill. Keep us in the loop. I'll be right, sending you, you pictures of all the Browns we're pulling out of the stream while we're hunting them on Saturday to make you jealous. And then we'll be talking Sunday morning while we're sitting there waiting for the gobblers to come in. Nope. Even that if you get stand. one, you can always say, whoa, almost missed or almost walked hey. by him or something. You can still, <laughs> yeah. still be almost. There will be a story. Yeah. If I get one, there will be a story. I promise you. <laughs> <I'm pumped. laughs> Next Bunch podcast is going to be live and lit.
Awesome. That's it. Best of luck, gentlemen. We'll, yep. we'll talk next yeah, week. Thanks, care. Bill. Have a goodie. And that'll do it for this week, folks, for the Redneck Country Podcast. I'm Bill, the Almost Guy Tom. And I'm Todd. And thanks for listening. And, folks, if you want to be part of the podcast or you want to give us some feedback or really contact us about anything, feel free to email us at podcast at theredneckcountry.com. Again, that's podcast at theredneckcountry.com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you again next week. <laughs>